and welcome. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <Here> you go. <laughs> All right. Do, should we start again, or what do you want to do? Um, up to you. Up to you. We can just leave it in. Let's just leave it in. All right. Let's leave it in. <laughs> All right. Here we are. <laughs> so I've had a few t- technical difficulties tonight, folks, but here we are. Um, Welcome to the VFL Fantasy Basketball Podcast. My name's Callum. I'll be your host for this one. And I'm here with the three-time champion, former commissioner, league founder, Mitchell Kennedy. Mitch, how are you? I'm good. Well, Callum, thank you. Assuming you're well also. I am pretty well. I'm pretty well. I looked at the uh, fantasy app before and it said left. Hello? Yeah, we just dropped out for a second. It said less than nine days. Is that correct? Yeah, less than ten days. I might have been because my phone like um, wigged out for a second. Yeah, I don't know. Like it, it um, you know, where like your phone locks or whatever after it's been open for a while. Do I have to uh, open, oh, there you go. The more you know. We've had a few technical difficulties tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All <laughs> right, an hour in waiting, but here we are. Uh, we we are using a different sort of um platform guys so stick with us but we'll we'll see how we go um but yeah look just recapping what we're going to be doing um obviously last time we appeared on this mitch hosted and we did a preview of the kim division today we're going to be doing the exact same thing but for the uh the kanye division Um, it is lit it's super lit donda 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 Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um Look, obviously, I'm hosting this one, and that was based on the fact that um, you know we we're all going to do an article. I think a few people might have fallen off with that. Do you do you know who still has got to do one before the start of the season, Mitch? Yeah, I believe uh, it's up to uh, Straubs, uh, aka Brad Torella. Um, last I had time I spoke to him, he said that he was close to new completion, but that was almost two weeks ago, I think. <laughs> Jeez, he's, he's running a thesis. <laughs> he's taking Dan Browns and he's just fucking, he's like, how can I one-up this guy in analytics that doesn't even make sense? Love that. I love that. We need more <laughs> analytics in the league. We don't have enough of it with Dan. Um, we need more. <laughs> All right. So just to recap what we did last time, we're going to go through each uh, person in the conference um, and we're going to go through a few different categories. We've got, the fan base mindset, which is, I guess, a bit of a recap of how they went last year and what their fan base can expect this year moving forward. We have, we know what you did last summer, Ooh. which essentially discusses any trades this person's done over the offseason, their keeper situation going into this year. We then have Clairvoyant Mitch, where he provides, ooh, <laughs> where Mitch will provide, I guess, a prediction for this year. Um, we have Kel's sneaky big question. And we also have Champagne and Campaigning, a story for, I guess, uh, a partying story for this person, preferably for uh, a fantasy night. And then also a fan mailbag where people have been writing into Mitch. And I believe there's a few good ones for this uh, episode as well, isn't there, Mitch? Well, well there's a, honestly, there's a lot to get through. So um, I had to, I spent like the, the whole afternoon sorting through them all, but I, I think I've picked the best ones. So, yeah, we look forward to that. Excellent. I can't wait. So I think we'll follow the same uh, kind of trajectory we did last time and start with the individual who finished uh, last out of these out of this group. Um, yeah. So we're kicking off with Bryce. 
Oh, yeah. So Bryce um, didn't expect him to see him down that end of the ladder come into the season, but he finished two and eleven. So a pretty disastrous season start to finish for him. But he made a couple of big trades throughout to really set up his team moving forward uh, this year. So. The fan base mindset, I think, is going to be a little bit different than what it was last year. What do you reckon? I agree. Uh, I think that Sam Hinkie would have been uh, happy with his performance last year. He put the tank hat on and he went into the trenches. And, you know, I guess he'd be happy. He came out with uh, AD and Towns. That's it. That's it. And in terms of his moving on to we know what you did last summer. I'll start off. He's got his three keepers pretty much locked in. You know, uh, he's got Giannis now, uh, AD, and also Ben Simmons. Now, I've got a few thoughts on this, but I'm going to let you take this one away, Matt Way, Mitch. How do you feel about Bryce's current keeper situation? Um, I was surprised, to be honest, to see Bryce to go with the Giannis with AD and Simmons and go the uh, the punt. Well, not necessarily the punt build, but just essentially for go. Um, uh, overall nine cat and essentially go towards a punt build. Um, but I'm interested to see how it's going to work because, you know, obviously there's a lot of potential there. Um, AD hasn't been as good in free throws in recent seasons, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm very intrigued to say the least. Yeah. Look, and that's basically backs up what my feelings are. It's, it's with Bryce. If you look at the finished product, you know, if you had just said, all right, Bryce's keepers next year are going to be AD, Giannis and Simmons, taking into account that Steve had so much, I guess, success with the pump bill when he had just Simmons and and Giannis. And anyone who owned AD during that period, me included, um, Steve was messaging me basically every week saying, well, how do I, can I get AD? How can I pair him with Giannis? So the fact that Bryce has now done that, you know, it could be phenomenal results. But that's just looking at the finished product. And I'm not too sure about the process of how he got there. Um, like you said, I think that he had an opportunity to be really awesome in nine cats overall um, and kind of chuck that away to be, you know, to punt three throws, which I think might have been, you know, I'm not 100% sure I'm fully in on that strategy. And then obviously giving up the pick, the high pick for Simmons, when we saw some other keepers getting traded for a lot less. Also, not 100% sold on that. Um, so, yeah, look, I think Bryce overall could have been a really incredible nine cat team and decide not to be. But all of this might not matter and his, his big three might just run through the league. So I kind of echo your, your kind of thoughts on that as well. Well, I think we, we, we obviously have to mention at this point too that I think Bryce would be a little nervous on the Ben Simmons situation here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Like I thought, you know, if he starts holding out, a deal will happen pretty quick. But who knows? Does he, does he get dealt before the season or does he spend the first two to three weeks on the on the, on the, on the yeah, it's honestly, it's impossible to say right now. Like, I know there was a report that came out today that uh, Ben Simmons' camp had inquired with the, was it the players' union, that they definitely cannot get that money. So I think they're a little bit, starting to get a little nervous on Ben Simmons' side, So which yes. is good for Bryce, I guess, because that might get him on the court quicker. Yeah, absolutely. That, that was interesting. I did hear that same thing. Um, so, yeah, he, he's got a lot of money already, but apparently money talks. Uh, <laughs> So moving on to everyone's favourite uh, section, or maybe Fan Mailberg's their favourite section, but for Bryce, <laughs> Clairvoyant Mitch, take it away. Ooh. I'm not going to lie, I did have a, uh, I had a soundbite ready to go on my laptop. It was the X-Files theme song. So I just want everyone to picture <laughs> that when, when we go to Clairvoyant Mitch. But all right. Um, all right. Here, 
we go. I have my prediction for Bryce is I believe that Bryce will be having a second kid in the near future. Ooh, is yeah. there any sourcing behind this? Or no, no, no sourcing. I just, I know Bryce, it seems like Bryce has got some, some swimmers and I just reckon that there's going to be something happening over there. As well, look, I can't, I can't blame you for thinking that. He does have swimmers. We know that much. <laughs> All right. So moving on to my sneaky big question. And so I'm going to start. My, my sneaky big question is, does Bryce actually have the patience to see his current plan through? And what I mean by that, Mitch, is I'm going to read you a list, okay? Uh, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Carl Anthony Towns, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, is this a list of players that Bryce has owned? This is a list of players that Bryce has owned. <laughs> Anthony Davis, twice before this current time. Bradley Beal, um, Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, Trey Young, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. All guys Bryce has owned at one point or another and taken into a season as a keeper throughout this seven years this league's been going on for. And as we've seen with Bryce, he's often involved in trade talks. He's got an itchy trigger finger. And I'm just interested and curious to see that Let's say things don't start off perfectly for Bryce and, you know, maybe he's two and two after four weeks and maybe Simmons is still in Philly and unhappy and maybe Giannis is sitting out a few games because, you know, he's, he's, the, he's an NBA champion now. He starts to focus more on the postseason. And let's say Bryce maybe doesn't win the championship this year. Do we see a, a, any point of time where Bryce maybe turns around and I guess, you know, says fuck it and makes a trade and his, his plan goes in a different direction? Because... As I said, I think this plan could certainly work with the three he's got, the punt, punt strategy, but does Bryce have the, the patience to see it through? Mm, well, yeah. Well, what can I say? The man loves shopping. He does. <laughs> he does love shopping. I think I could, anytime I, you know, you know, do my, my due diligence in Camden's in the league, whether I'm looking to try and move someone or someone's made me an offer, you know, I'll always check in with Bryce because I know he wants to wheel and deal and pretty much every time we'll come up with an offer. <laughs> so, yeah, look, it's, it's going to be interesting because, you know, Bryce, he's got that itchy trigger finger, but, you know, let's say, like I said, five weeks into the season, things aren't going super to plan. Does he all of a sudden trade Giannis for like a two-player deal or something? I could see it happening, but we'll see. Yeah, I could definitely see it happening as well. All right. Oh. Ooh, you, you going to say something? No, I was just going to say I'm going to keep my eyes on that situation. Yeah, I think everyone will be. I think everyone will be. So the next one we have is champagne and campaigning. So the story I've got for Bryce was probably the first keeper draft we have. So we had, so moving into our second season of the league, uh, Bryce hosted the uh, the draft night at his place. And then we had a big night at the Irish. And oh, Bryce, yeah. was, Bryce was close to getting MVP that night, but... There wasn't was a there was an infamous Snapchat which came out of that of Jesse standing there next to him being like Bryce we need to go home, and it was it went did the rounds for about you know I reckon two or three years on birthdays, uh, but overall that was a really good night by Bryce hosting the boys and um, yeah. we all had a lot of fun. No, it was a great night. That was like one of the OG uh, fantasy nights too. So thanks for Bryce for putting that one up. And moving on, fan mailbag for Bryce. Have we got anything? Uh, yeah, let me just dig into my fan mailbag here. Alrighty, here we are. Yep, this one's for Bryce. Um, this one is from Donald Sloan. It just says, <laughs> how could you shot me, bro? I loved you. 
Interesting. Maybe maybe Bryce is is Donald Sloan a woman or is is Donald Sloan a man? Maybe the swimmers are going towards Donald Sloan or something. I don't know. Oh sheesh, yeah. <laughs> very, very strange. All right. Moving on to the next guy, the podfather himself, Lek Dog, coming off a pretty disappointing season, finished four and nine. Um I did think at the start of last year he had quite a good team, but had some pretty close losses from memory at the start of the year, which set him back. Um, this year, I think the fan base mindset would for him to be pushing back into the playoffs. Um, he only comes into this season with $96 controversially following some snitching by yours truly yeah. last year. <laughs> but look, in terms of him, you know, I like to kind of think of him a bit of a bit like Jack, who we talked about in the last division previews of pretty wide variance there. You know, on one hand, I think MB could be potentially the number one overall player this year. Um, but, you know, there's a bit of bit of leeway there in terms of his best, his worst, in terms of missing games. You know, I've heard some theories that he could keep Christian Wood, which I'm not saying is necessarily a bad choice, but, you know, Christian Wood's also had his injury difficulties throughout the year. But, mm. yeah, I think he'll be pushing for playoffs, but, not you know, he could be right in that middle group on the edge a little bit. What do you reckon? I think that, like, Doug's fans will be saying... Please, for the love of God, please, can we just make the playoffs? Please. <laughs> <laughs> Sacramento Kings vibes a little bit. Yeah. Has he made, he's made the playoffs once, is that right? Or no? Surely he has. I think he has. I think he yeah. snuck, in, snuck in one year and then got bounced. Right. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Look, it's, it's hard to remember every year. And they're like our, our history is a bit, bit shady on ESPN. Nothing really loads. So yeah. um, not 100% sure. Well, uh, yeah, I, I tend to agree though. I think that uh, it's it's now it's now or never for like Dog. He just needs to he needs to show a bit of something, or he he's going to be labelled the uh, Sacramento Kings. That's yeah, that's it. We're putting the we're putting the, the challenge down right now, like Dog. Yeah. Make the playoffs this year, or you have to change your name to the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> Which I'm not sure if that's even worse than like Dog's puppies. Yeah, I don't know. I was actually thinking his fantasy team. Now. I was thinking about his legal government name. <laughs> Either or. <laughs> Moving on to uh, we... Ooh. Ooh. Embiid and Bam locked in, I'd say, with his keepers. Um, and then there's a little bit of a question mark. And... Didn't make a trade for uh, SGA with me and then flipped him again to Lockie. Um, mm. So a little bit of a question mark there. I, like I said, I had heard some rumours that Christian Wood could be could be staying on the team with his, you know, going with a three-big approach. I guess John Wall's not there anymore. Christian Wood played pretty well early today. We'll, we'll see. What do you reckon he should be doing with that third slot? Look, I don't know if I want to be giving out like strategy because, as we know, last time we said on the pod that someone should make a trade for a certain player. Yes. Next thing you know, <laughs> it just shows the pull and the, I guess, the cachet that the pod has. Yeah, um, I think that obviously Embiid and well, I'm a bit concerned about Bam. Maybe, maybe uh, less touches with Larry in the offense. I don't know. Hmm. That, but, is, that uh, is something. I think he's still a he's still a like top three keeper. Not top three, but uh, you keep him. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be interesting. And I, I, to be honest, like going with three bigs, that's a bit of a bold tactic as well. So, well, look, I've know. kind of done the inverse and gone three guards. So you know, yeah. who knows? Could be a bold strategy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on to. Ooh. All right. 
Well, I've looked into my crystal ball, and I've I see well, I can see two ears, a head. It's slightly balding. I can see a face. On that face, it, it's Lek Dog, but on his upper lip, there's no moustache. So I'm predicting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm predicting. But this time next year, Lake Dog will have shaved his illustrious moustache at least once. Wow. There yep. should surely be a charity component to that because we wouldn't want to see him without it. <laughs> well, uh, you know, that man is a very giving man. He likes to give back to the community. And I, I just, I could, I could foresee a situation where, you know, on Twitter and he wants to give back to the community and uh, says, moustache, you're out, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a good point. We'll we'll see we'll see what comes of that in the future. Um, yeah, you know, Clevoy Mitch has already been right on several occasions, so he's got a pretty good strike rate. Now, I he think does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving on to Kel's sneaky big question. Now, I think you kind of touched on this just before, but my sneaky big question is: How much does Kyle Lowry's arrival at Miami affect Bam? Um, We've we've heard alluded to by Josh Lloyd about a thousand times about Bam's potential usage and his I guess um, his assists, which are a big feature of his game, a big appeal of him with those out of position stats. I guess so. How much offense do they run through him moving forward? That is that is a bit of a question. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I think it it might be like a situation where you know it might be Bam's night one night, Jimmy's night one night, Hero's night one night, Larry's what night one night. And it might be a, you know, like a sort of a, what do you call it? A, a team working all together, <laughs> which, is like not nece- which is not necessarily good for uh, fantasy. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's interesting as well, though, because Jimmy, Jimmy, as much as uh, it's, everyone's fit on that team, you know, Tyler Hero's trying to have a bounce back year. Duncan Robinson just got paid. They're pretty, they're pretty decent in terms of offensive options on that end, but... Bam's still going to be, you know, the centerpiece of that day, I guess. And, you know, Jimmy's probably going to miss 20 games at some point. He usually seems to do that. You know, Lowry's a bit older. They might rest him here and there. So maybe Bam feasts on the night those guys aren't playing, but maybe there's some more leaner nights in there too. Yeah, I tend to agree. And for a big like that, if he if he doesn't return like top 30 value, like I know guards, guards can be a bit like – um, up and down with turnovers and whatever steal vari- variants, but um, if a if a big man like that falls out of the top thirty, um, I don't know, it could be in for a bit of trouble. Yeah, we'll see. We will see. All right, champagneing and campaigning. All right, so the uh, the story I'm going to go with is Brad Brad hosted the uh, draft night a couple of years ago, and Leg Dog Leg Dog rocked up in a full Celtics. Uh, <laughs> I've got the exact same one. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think everyone was kind of a bit like, oh, should we wear NBA gear? I think a few of us did, a few of us did. And then Lake Dog just walked in with that, which was very, very impressive. <laughs> he needs to bring it back. He does. Well, I'm interested to see, like, with obviously draft nights not really happening this year, um, I'd like to see, like, a photo of everyone before uh, the night kicks off in Turns what they're wearing and maybe a fashions on the field kind of thing. Oh, yeah, I like that. A bit of a, a festive kit for the draft night. Yeah, I reckon. Why not? I mean, we're just at home. No one's going to see us. Yeah. So, yeah. Speaking of which, do you think that uh, I heard this talk of a Discord? Was there a chance of a potential Zoom or something? Or... Yeah, I think that against it, there's a Discord going on if people are invited to. Um, but, yeah, Zoom to see everyone, that could, that could be good as well. I'm really open to anything. 
Yeah, sounds good. I like it. All right. Fair mailbag. What have we got for Leg Dog? All righty. Let's get into this bag. It seems to get bigger every time. All righty. Uh... <laughs> it's more flooding in as the podcast is happening. <laughs> yeah. I know it's, I know how Santa feels. All right. Um, oh, okay. oh, wow. Okay. This is a big one. Our first, uh, I don't know if it's our first celebrity writing in, but we've got a celebrity uh, fan mail here. It's from Alistair Clarkson. Okay. And he says, Dear Leck Dog, can you fucking stop telling everyone that I'm coming to the blues? <laughs> you told everyone as a certainty, and I've never even thought about it, you bloody dickhead. I think that's a situation Leck Dog's trying to, uh, him and Tim Mitchell actually seem to be the culprits of. I think Tim Mitchell uh, might have been blocked on Twitter, so maybe I haven't seen yeah, it. But thank God I've got him blocked. <laughs> but there's a lot of lot of Clarkson content between those two on there. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> All right. So moving forward, the next person we have is the infamous Dan Brown. So Ooh. fan base mindset. <laughs> Last season finished seven and six, just missed the playoffs. If he had have set his lineup that one time early in the season, he would have been <laughs> eight and five and made the playoffs. So look, it was it was good stepping stones for Dan though. I think he after I think next last year took a real step forward and look his fan base be hoping to uh to move forward from there and build towards a playoff uh, berth potentially. But look, one of the things I've really kind of noticed is looking at this division, it's pretty bloody tough. Like Toby won the league last year, Stu's got Durant and Zion, Steve's got obviously three really nice keepers and a really good track record. Bryce is gonna have a bounce back. Tough, tough division to play two games each. So, mm. Dan Brown, I feel like he could miss again. What do you reckon? I honestly think that Dan's Brown's fans, they know exactly what Dan's about. And they, they're not even thinking about the record at this point. They're thinking, what round, how early can we go and gnaw? We want Nicole Alexander-Walker. <laughs> we're, we're willing to risk it all and go for him in the maybe with the first pick. I don't know. <laughs> Might be a little segue to Kel's sneaky big question later. Um, oh, okay. Ooh, anyway, <laughs> uh, we know what you did last summer. Ooh. So, Dan, I don't think he's made a trade this offseason, which is pretty standard for him. Um, yeah. Luca's kind of locked in at that, that keeper number one spot. And then from there's a few question marks. What do you think he's going to do? Um, I think it'd be against his um, his a natural bloodline to be like, no, we're not going to take Brandon Ingram. So I think you can lock him in. Um, from there, uh, I think he, I think he will keep Aiton. Um, the Suns are a bit unsure about him, but I think Dan's locked in on him. So I think he rolls in with those three. What do you think? Yeah, look, it's, it's certainly, it could be, I, could, I think he's going to keep Ingram. Like you said, he's, he's kind of too invested at this point. He's too locked into him. And, you know, look, if you have a really good player, on your favorite team, on your fantasy team, it it's a nice thing to, to experience, I guess. You know, to be able to watch your team and know that guy's stats are going towards your total somehow. So I could definitely see he's gonna keep Ingram. In terms of that third spot, look, he loves Drew. Like, even though Drew doesn't play for the um, the Pelicans anymore, you can just go on Twitter every second day and see J- Dan Brown. If this, if some random NBA call, <laughs> I think this guy's the best on ball uh, defender in the league. There's a Dan Brown reply. Drew Holday would like a word. Thank you. 
Um, so <laughs> even though like conventional wisdom with, you know, the age, that kind of stuff would say Aiden, I look, I, I don't know who he's going to keep. I could certainly see him keeping Drew as well. So interesting times there. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that Alonso uh, doesn't get the same love as uh, his other ex-point guard, Drew. But, yeah, I guess it yeah. is what it is. Very interesting, eh? Alonso <laughs> hater old uh, Dan. Um, <laughs> I think he thinks Alonso's a centre or something, doesn't he? Is, yeah. That's the vibe I've been picking up. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> All right, clairvoyant Mitch. All right. Ooh. Um, this one, not that controversial. I only had to, like, graze the outside of my... Uh, Crystal ball, but uh, I believe that Dan could potentially be out of the league within the next two years and take up fly fishing. <laughs> is, he, is he an outdoorsman, Dan? Is he? I don't know. Well, well, it's hard to say. You know, I, he was definitely outdoors when he had those seven different NBA jerseys on. So that, that is true. <laughs> he was having fun that day. So, like, yeah, maybe it does happen. Maybe he's our league and he's down by the river, Bowenheads River. We might catch him when down there one time. We'll see. <laughs> I'm seeing comparisons on Facebook to him and Jolly. So, oh dear, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll leave that one there. We don't need to talk about Jolly. Um, so my my sneaky big question is: How much does his Pelicans bias affect his draft slash keeper situation? As we just talked about, I could certainly see him keeping Drew. And as we, as you alluded to, you know, how high does he draft Nikhil Alexander-Walker? You know, how high does he go for Jonas Valanciunas? These are some guys I can see being drafted maybe a round or two too early. Um, mm. When people, if you want a New Orleans player, guys, you might have to reach. Maybe down, down breaks, uh, sorry, breaks, takes Devontae Graham in the 40s. You know, you never know. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, pretty, pretty, he's pretty high on him, I think. He, he is. He's very high on him from what, <laughs> from what I can gather, the collateral info. But, um, yeah, look, I think Dan's one of those guys who kind of might find it a little bit hard to separate his own uh, fandom from fantasy at times. So we'll see yeah. what happens there. Yeah. And also, if anyone remembers, I think he took Josh Hart quite early last season, possibly in the 80s, maybe. Well, yeah. I did not know that. He was like, I need some rebounds. And well, he bloody well got him. Yeah, he did actually. Josh Hart's <laughs> rebounds, actually. Whew. Yeah. Anyway, champagne campaigning. You got a good story for Dan? Um, where are we? Oh, yeah. Um, my story for Dan is just that one time he came to an event. No, I think, he, <laughs> I think he, came, he came to Brad's that time. And then did he, did he come to the. Um, yeah, he came to Steve's the next year because I remember sitting next to him, actually. Oh, true. And he bought um, his uh, Chris Kringle on the way. Oh, did he? <laughs> <laughs> and Love that. he didn't come down to Geelong that other time, did he? Or did he? Uh, I, don't... I don't know. No, I don't think so. I think we would have seen him at the fantasy game. So it's two events. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, look, I don't really have a, a, a story. It was more just a solo champagne campaigning when he was uh... – on the Snapchats that day, I think he'd been smoking <laughs> a bit of ice or something. And he was just going off, going crazy. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Eight different NBA jerseys seen. It was strange. He was really locked in. He was. What about was that? So he broke up a little bit. I did. I was just saying, um, have we got any fan mailbag for Dan? I was unsure if he's actually got oh. any fans of the franchise. <laughs> you better, you better believe we do. There's actually heaps, <laughs> heaps with his name on it. A lot of with like devil emojis and stuff. But oh, okay. Ooh. Here we go. Oh. All right. Uh, here we go. 
This one is from current Chicago Bulls point guard, Lonzo Ball. Interesting. Is he a point guard? Well, yeah, apparently not. But uh, he, Lonzo Ball says, Hello, Daniel. I just wanted to write into you today to educate you for a moment. Positions were created to help novices to better understand our great game. So why don't you get the fuck over yourself, you idiot? <laughs> Let it go there. Jeez. <laughs> I loved to end that Twitter exchange we had. The random like Chicago Bulls fan was like, would you mind shutting the fuck up? <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was funny. I did see that. But look, Dan, we love your passion. All this stuff said in a bit of jest. You're good value for the league. 100%. Um, but, but calm down on the New Orleans propaganda. <laughs> take, those right. gla- take those Nola glasses off for once. Yeah, sheesh. She's Pelican, <laughs> what's it called? Tainted glasses I've ever seen. Mighty All great. right. So, mo- <laughs> legit. <laughs> Too many beads. Um, <laughs> all right. So, moving on to someone who's not going to be happy no matter what we say about him. We know that already. Um, <laughs> the next person is, St- is Stephen Kennedy. Oh, so, I, thought we, I thought we were talking about yourself for a second. Oh, look, I've tried <laughs> to um, let, things, let things go a bit more. I'm trying to escalate too much to these days. Uh, trying to pull out a bit. But um, all right. Two-time champ. We'll be return to that, I would say. He's got... Three big, pretty big keepers. Last year was a little bit of a disappointment for him, really. Uh, pretty rough start, but rebounded really to finish eight and five, um, which really number four. to me in the first round of the playoffs by one block, in which another brutal. I also got the got the got the chocolates in that one, but. It was also equally as brutal. I remember I won on field goal percentage, but he had, I think it was like some random player like Scal Labissiere or whatever his name is. And he, he he played really well and put Steve up in field goal in like the last game of the matchup, just up, like a tick over. And then that game went into overtime and Labissiere went like 0 for 4 in overtime and dropped it back there and like just got over the top. And this one was a similar outcome. Um we, I won by one block, but just prior to that, in the last two minutes of the last game of the matchup, Steve got a block and then it got rescinded. And if it hadn't <laughs> been a tie, Steve would have gone through because he was the highest seed. So, yeah, equally wow. brutal matchup. Um, but subsequently, out of that, Steve does owe us a tattoo bet still. So, we'll see, we'll see if he's got that to show on the Zoom or, or, what, or whatnot before the draft. Um, but yeah, look. I think we both know Steve amongst the game. He's been very active this season with, with research and I expect to see him contending once again. What are your thoughts? For sure. Um, I think that after last year, his fan base, I think they really enjoyed his fun pick. And yeah. I, re- I reckon the fan base wants another fun pick. They want I'd more. like that. I think we'd like that. But the thing is, it's, it's only a fun pick when he says it. Because I don't think anyone else actually said it was a fun pick. And then he... He kept saying throughout the year, oh, fun pick, fun pick, whenever Lamelo played well. But no one said it was a bad pick. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, he did coin the term fun pick. He did, he did. <laughs> but anyway, moving on to we know what you did last summer. Ooh. Ooh. So, Steve, as usual, very, very active. Um, he's had a few deals. He traded Booker and Mitchell to, to Jesse, uh, which we covered in the last step. He moved up to pick 38 as well. You know, another trade with Lockie. 
Um, and sources say he's been offering Anthony Edwards to half the league. So um, still trying <laughs> to get stuff done just before the draft, I reckon, Steve. But look, goes in with a really nice keeper situation. You know, Towns, Tatum and Lamello. Um, look, I really love the balance of that. He's got a guard, he's got a forward, he's got a centre. Um, all very young still, all pretty bloody good. You know, if you look at drafts at the moment, Towns and Tatum are going first round. Lamello is going late second, early third usually. So he's in a really nice position moving forward. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think obviously I reckon I would say Steve's best part of his um, coaching is probably his trading. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if he made some more moves even before the draft nine days out. But, yeah, obviously he's put himself in a good position. Um, looks like he's been working really hard. He's got uh, Sarah's built him a draft board um, and some cute notes and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I think he's in a good position. I'm going to do a zag here while everyone else is zigging, but could those cute notes be a distraction? Could they? They could. They could, definitely. Um, you know, they, it could be worse, though. It could be photos or something. Um, True. True. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving on to Clairvoyant Mitch. What have you got for us, Clairvoyant Mitch? Ooh. All right. Um, looked into my crystal ball. Um, same as uh, before. I didn't have to look too hard in for this one. It sort of was sitting at the top there. Um, I predict that in between this time now and next year, Steve will leave the Facebook and Snapchat for NC Group five plus times. He is, he is known to do that. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit emotional at times, as we all do. Um, very yeah, passionate. Look, very passionate. Passionate's the word I'm looking for. Um, but, yeah, I would certainly say that that's a chance to happen at some point. Yes, I think he, he may have invented the storm out. <laughs> yes, maybe. Well, we've all done it in our time. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'd love to see the, the seven-year total of storm out. <laughs> be an interesting ladder, actually. <laughs> so... Sneaky big question. All right. So my sneaky big question is, have we already seen the best of Carl Anthony Towns' fantasy career? And mm. it might be a bit harsh because Cat, he's got all the tools, absolutely has all the tools, but he's been in the league for six seasons now. Last 41 games of his second season, he averaged 28 and 12, which was his best stretch ever, and averaged 25 and 12 for the season that year. Since that, in four years since, he's averaged over 25 a game once. In his third season with them was Jimmy Butler, um, Jeff Teague, my name is Jeff, and um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Andrew Wiggins on the team, all shoot first kind of players. He averaged 21 a game. Now, this season, I think there's a few similarities coming in. You know, you've got D'Angelo Russell, who likes to jack it up. Anthony Edwards, who certainly likes to jack it up. Malik Beasley, who shoots it pretty much every time he touches it. So... It'll be interesting to see how his scoring goes this year. Um, and also since that second year, um, his, his rebounds, his blocks, his field goal percentage have all slightly gone down pretty much consistently. So I'm interested to see how he goes this year, Cat. You know, we've obviously seen his three-pointers go up because he stepped out to the three-point line and become a bit more of a floor spacer. But I know back in the day, we kind of all thought he was the heir apparent to the number one kind of keeper position. I used to talk about it pretty much flat stick. Um, but don't know if he's quite at that level anymore. So on top of that as well, first three seasons in the league, he played all 82 games. Then his fourth season played 77. Since then, he's played 35 and 50, I think it is. So I also think mm-hmm. that you know what we saw last year was everyone knows the kind of value of rest now. And you know, Jokic was the only one who really played... 
you know, I think he played all 72 games, but of all the best players, it was really one of the only ones he played 65 or over. So I think those days of seeing everyone play, you know, 82 games are gone. Um, and obviously that total value goes away a little bit there. So interesting to see how Cat goes this year. I think he's still certainly very, very elite. Uh, but is he maybe not quite as good as what we all think? What do you think on that? Yeah, uh, it's interesting for sure. I think with Cat, he's sort of always been a victim of the T-Wolves uh, sort of black hole. Like, mm. um, they've never really been that competitive. I think if they can take that next step um, and turn into sort of that uh, like fringe playoff team, um, you could see like an increase in Towns. But, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's interesting. Like, you never see anyone that's like a massive fan of Towns. And I think it's probably – I know his game just seems to be not that – appealing like he's he's sort of like a a master of all, like he's a jack of all trades but master of none mm. um and i think in fantasy his his success sort of lies within his efficiency um but yeah look i think obviously you know nine categories across the board is phenomenal like there's no weaknesses there and i think the thing is as well like you've really referenced it there like the Timberwolves black hole you know if i think for most fans watching the nba or, you know, we're like, we're not GMs of teams or anything like that. You know, we're, we're like basically novi- uh, novices compared to the people who are meant to be running these teams. But for us watching it, it's kind of like, and this is, might, might just be me talking, but I'm like, if the Timberwolves is going to have success, shouldn't everything be going through Towns? Like, he's a super efficient scorer. He can play make a little bit out of the post, but the teammates he's got just don't seem to think that and just kind of jack it up a bit. So, very interesting situation. <laughs> Yeah, well, they they don't exactly have the 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 best locker room guys around him. Like mm. D'Lo, um, Edwards, they're all just looking further and shot and Beasley. So it'd be yeah. interesting. And I'm also interested to see where Cat's heads at a bit this year. We're obviously seeing the impact that you know the COVID nineteen pandemic's had on him with the you know the death of his mother and how much that's affected him. He's he's been very open surrounding that, and he might have like a, a quasi Kardashian curse going on as well, dating Jordan Woods. Um, so it'll be interesting <laughs> to see if there's any juju which uh, impacts him this year from that as well. Yeah, for sure. All right. Champagne and campaigning. Do you want to kick this one off for Steve? Um, I just, I can remember the last, uh, the last fantasy uh, trade deadline party we had. Um, obviously, Steve and I were in negotiations for a lot of the evening. Um, I think it got pretty close towards the deadline. And um, there was a lot of back and forth. We were pretty drunk at this stage. And I just remember the final point. Um, Steve just turned around to me and he just goes, fine, you win. You can have Montrez Harrell. <laughs> <laughs> and look, look, as much as we laugh at that, that's probably one of the things you referenced earlier was Steve's biggest strength is his trading. And he's one of those guys who just doesn't give an inch. He'll fight to the last little bit. Like you can send a trade off to the locky and be like, "Hey, what do you think about this?" He goes, "Oh, yeah, that's pretty good," and just does it. Um, Steve, he fights for every little inch, and it sometimes can be very frustrating. Me and Steve very rarely ever do a deal. I think only deals I can really remember would be like ones on trade deadline night, like really minor ones, which both help our matchups against other people for like the next week. Um, yeah, but, yeah. I can't remember me and Steve doing like a major deal. Like even when I had Towns and he had Giannis, there was some conversations at times surrounding that. And it was always just like, why are we talking about this? This isn't going to happen. We know this. We've been talking about this 10 times. It's never going to happen. Because <laughs> one of us will want picks. The other will want picks. It's just like, oh, fringe players. It was, it was just a nightmare. But that, that, is, that, is, that is Steve's trading in a, in a nutshell, really. Yeah. Um, that was a similar situation with Steve and I, actually, for many years. And then 
I think we seem to have found like a little bit of a sweet spot. Like I think Steve and I made three trades last season, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Wouldn't be surprised if we made more this season. Yeah. Well, look out. Watch, watch this space. Yeah. I've got a slightly more uh, not quite fantasy-related champagne campaigning moment, though, but um, last one of the last fantasy nights we had uh, when Jack hosted the, the breakup at the end of the year, I remember it was me. Who was it? Me, Bryce, Steve, and Stu, I think, were in a, a car, a cab back to my joint afterwards. We went out to Torquay um, to like an event out there. And I think we had a few different little things in our system. And we get back and Steve, we all, all three of us get out of the car. I'm like, where's Steve? And he's just lying in the car. I'm like, okay, help him out. Starts walking. His wallet and phone are still sitting in there. Jesus, have to grab them, give them to him. And then we start walking up to the mall of my house. I'm like, where's Steve? And he's standing in the vacant block next door, just like next to the road, pissing everywhere. I'm just like, he's inside. Anyway, it was a little bit worse for wear that night, but it was, it was amusing viewing. That was a classic night, actually. You just reminded me. I, I think uh, Maddie and I got a lift home with Jesse. And Jesse probably doesn't remember this, but I think Jesse shattered the Uber on the way back to Belmont. I mean, I, I don't think he was going too far himself, but it was a really nice gesture from Jesse. Well, that's pretty our character <laughs> for Jesse, really. So I'm impressed <laughs> All right. So fan mailbag. We got any fan mailbag for Stephen? Um, I think we do. Let me have a look here. Get my bag out. Oh, yeah, I think there's one. Alrighty, what we got here? Oh, it's from Lucky. Uh-oh. Ooh. Oh. There's a bit of there's a bit of bad blood between these two at times, isn't there? Yeah, from what I can tell, a little bit. It, oh, I've just opened it up. It doesn't even actually say anything. It just has an apostrophe. Apostrophe? Jeez. Yeah, you got a bit controversial, that one. Interesting. Yeah. Very strange. Okay. Well, thanks for writing in, Lockie. We always do like people writing in. Yeah, well, thanks, Lockie. Interesting to see what that means. But um, <laughs> moving on to Stu. So, Stu. Wait, um, what does Stu finish with last season? I'm so surprised. <laughs> Stu, finished, Stu finished as a third seed. So, yeah, eight, okay. eight and five record. And then he um, obviously he knocked out Heiss in the first round, um, the three versus six matchup. And then... A very That's strange right. move. Saved all his uh, free agency money and decided not to try and beat Toby <laughs> so he could try and beat you and got his butt kicked. And, uh, <laughs> pretty strange strategy. That uh, was very interesting. But I remember Stevie Steve, uh, sorry, not Steve, Stu started off really hot, didn't he? He started off like maybe like seven and one, eight and one or something, and then crashed towards the second half of the year. Yeah. Memory. Yeah. But um, yeah, look, he had a, I think Stu, Stu should be pretty optimistic this year. You know, he's got obviously a few question marks. Um, Things could go poorly. You know, KD played, what, 37 games last year? You never know with him. Mm. Um, he played in the Olympics, which I was a bit surprised with, you know, considering, you know, his age and his injury history. And, you know, Zion's apparently had foot surgery in the off-season. So, you know, those two together, boom or bust a little bit. Maybe they are the jack of this conference rather than rather than let dog. What do you think? Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting, um, especially going into, like, a fuller season this year. It's hard to see... Um, KD, like, he probably does play more than 37, but it's, like, it's not for certain for sure. Mm. And then so look, I was, was, was going to say, the Kyrie situation, maybe that plays into KD's favour a, a little bit and forces him to play more to, you know, kind of carry that Nets team a bit more. Because who knows what's going on with that, that, that kook, Kyrie? Sorry, what would you say? I was just saying, 
<laughs> the Kyrie situation might might go into Stu's favour a little bit in terms oh, yeah. of KD having to play more. Definitely, and probably Harden's as well. Yes, well, that's uh, that's something you're licking your chops over, I bet. <laughs> All right, clairvoyant Mitch. Oh no, sorry, we missed we missed oh. the section. We're going back to well, let's do clairvoyant Mitch. Why not clairvoyant Mitch right now? Ooh. All right, I believe that Stu will be opening a vape shop in the near future. Jeez. Look, I, didn't, I didn't think I didn't think there was anyone who I'd seen with a vape in their hand more regularly than you and Kurt. But Stu, whenever I have seen him, seems to have four of them. So I might be wrong. <laughs> I, I remember going back to the one of the fantasy parties we had where you took the you did the George Costanza on my couch. I remember yeah, right. that was the first time I'd seen a vape in person. I think he had hazelnut, and I was like, "Whoa, well, hey, Stu, the vape king." <laughs> yeah. So you're like a vape shop? Yeah, I think he's going to be opening a vape shop. Uh, and uh, I'm pretty confident about this one, actually. Mm, very good. Very good. Yeah. Well, look, with the uh, kind of the changes happening in the laws surrounding vapes, that could be handy if uh, she has a hookup. Yeah, definitely. All right. So the section we missed was, we know what you did last summer. Ooh. Ooh. So we like we kind of spoke about before, he's got Zion and KD as his kind of pillars. And then third keeper situation is a little bit interesting because he did make a Pretty big but also strange trade um, with Jesse getting Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, that was very interesting for sure. I, 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 think, I don't think I got to touch it up with the fan base mindset, but I, I was going to say they'd definitely be concerned after the Kawhi trade. Yeah, I think the, the front office has been swindled a little bit there. Um, but yeah, look, that third, that third keeper is, is interesting either way because, you know, you've got why he's probably not going to keep now you wouldn't think but you've also got Jalen Brown who's kind of a, a bit of an all-star trajectory and also Fred Van Vliet but Fred Van Vliet like you know he's been talked up as a top 20 kind of guy I think if you actually punt field goal he might actually be the number one overall player I was in a bit of a play around with projections and stuff like that oh. so that's that's pretty strange, but then at the same time, how does that really fit with Zion and KD, who are ultra efficient from the field? It doesn't really make a heap of sense. So interesting yeah. to see what Stu does. Yeah, definitely. I think Stu's um, he's always one that's open to every avenue. Um, we've seen that over the years, so it'd be definitely interesting going into the draft. Yeah, absolutely. So interesting situation for Stu. All right. So I've done clairvoyant Mitch when we skipped ahead, and so. My sneaky big question, I've actually just, just talked about it. What does he do with his third keeper slot? You know, um, not much more to touch on there. Van, Van Vliet, <laughs> I'd, I'd, you know, look, if I was, yeah, I don't know what I'd do, to be honest. You know, I'd have to think about that a lot. But all, all kind of goes what build he's going to go for. But his third keeper pick might shape his season. Yeah, well, let's just say, I think there'd be, if he wasn't interested in keeping uh, Van Vliet, I think there'd be a few people um, that were interested. So there's always could be a few uh, deals he could be swung there. Absolutely, absolutely. There, um, you know, Van Bleet, he's a pretty nice piece for anyone who wants to punt that field goal. So we'll see what happens. Um, now, champagne campaigning. We've got a few good stories for Stu, I reckon. Um, he always goes pretty hard at the old fantasy fantasy events. Have you got a good one to, to start us off? Um, I sort of, I touched on before the, the fantasy night we had at my house in Ocean Grove. We went to Uno. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what happened exactly, but I know I went home and I'm pretty sure the story was that uh, Stu went to kick-ons with Gomes. 
Yeah, so that, that, that did happen. So that was my story I had as well. So Stu was staying at my joint that night and we left left like Uno or something, like maybe like three or something like that, three, three thirty. And I was kind of like, oh yeah, I might, I might call it. It might've been even later than that. Might've been about four. And um, we kind of ran to Gomes out the front. And this was before like, I was really even that good of mates with Gomes. Um, I've seen him probably three times in the past three weeks, actually now with the uh, stuff opening up in Melbourne. So Gomes, really good, fun guy, but ran to him out the front of Uno. And he's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to a party. You guys want to come? And I was like, oh no, I'm pretty Pretty, pretty done. I reckon I might go home to bed. And she's like, fuck it, I'll come. He'd never met Jones before in his life. So these, <laughs> these two get in an Uber somewhere. And then I'm like, all right, Stu, this is my dress. I'll leave the uh, front door unlocked. You know, this is when I was living with my parents as well, still. So a bit of a risky yeah. play there to have some guy rocking up at, you know, whoever knows what hours <laughs> in the morning. Anyway, I think Stu got home about 6 a.m. And the plan was I was going to drive him. I can't remember where to. I think maybe out to your joint or something because his car was there before I went yeah, to work. Yeah, that's right. And I woke up and I was getting ready. It was about 12 o'clock. And I think I had like a one o'clock shift or something at the time. And um, I was like, is Stu just left? Like, where is he? And I opened the bedroom door he was sleeping in. And he's fast asleep still at about, you know, like 12 o'clock. And the blind is wide open. He hasn't closed the blind from the light before. It's just be- sunlight beaming in. And... He just wouldn't wake up. Like, Jesus Christ. I kind yeah. of actually remember how he um, got to his car that day. I think I might have dropped him out the front of yours quickly and then because I was working at uh, your side of town. So I go. then turned around and, and hustled back to work. But good, good bloke, Cal. Yeah, it was unlike the uh, time I didn't drop you a met while at the train station. I was <laughs> I was younger and more approachable back then. Uh, but yeah, Stu, he's got a good record of going uh, pretty pretty hard at the older uh, fantasy breakups. So hopefully we can have another one at some point this year. Yeah, for sure. All right, Sham, uh, sorry, fan mailbag. What have we got for him? Um, so before we go fan mailbag, I just want to say I was chatting to Stu earlier today, and he said he's very very keen for the next uh, champagne and campaigning event. Ooh, I bet he is. And I said to him, um, hopefully um, within like the first three weeks of uh, the boys being allowed to reunite that we'd be able to get an event in order. What do you think? I do like that idea. I very much do like that idea. Um, what is sure it? Everyone would be raring to go. Yeah, absolutely. I think 5th of November we are open for business, both regional and metro, to kind of interact again. So any time from that point onwards, I reckon everyone will be pretty keen to catch up. Yeah, sounds good. We possibly should start talking some dates at some point, I reckon. As Toby slash Thelma says, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. Fan mailbag. Let's dig into the uh, bag king. All righty. This one, I don't, I don't think it has a name on it. It's, it looks like it says Pizza Hut, but I'm not too sure. Uh, it just says, hey, man, you still owe me $350 from last weekend. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, oh, that's interesting. Stu's got a bit of a debt going on, a tick or something. I don't know. Mysterious. I like that. Yeah. All right, we're moving on to the last person we're going to preview today in the Kanye division, the uh, one-time league champion in one season in the league, Toby Featherby. Ooh. Um, yeah, so fan base mindset, he came to the league, instantly went nine and four in the regular season, finished as, I think, the uh, number two overall seed, and then he romped through the playoffs. Um, 
winning the whole thing in his first season. I think his fan base will be pretty jacked up by that. And he's set a standard now that they'll be wanting him to uphold. What do you think? Definitely. Um, I think that he, you know, he's won one. That's very nice. It's excellent. But I think his fan base will be thinking, we want two to make it true. Well, can we? Can he show it's not a fluke? That is, that's what everyone's going to be thinking now. Yep, for sure. All right. We know what you did last summer. Ooh. Ooh. So in the trade uh, period, he's made in the offseason, he's made one single deal in which he moved Sabonis to you and a bit of insider trading, I reckon, in the uh, Kennedy <laughs> family for one spot. So he moved that one spot, but he was a bit like we talked about with Steve and some of his excess keepers he's moved on. Didn't really have much leverage. Um, but yeah, he still goes in with what I think is probably the best keeper combo in the league, to be honest, the more I think about it. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, a bit, bit of a bold claim because, you know, we got, we got um, you know, the, the punt build with Bryce. We've got uh, Steve's de- uh, group who everyone's, you know, going to think he's pretty good, uh, which I think we all acknowledge. But, you know, look at per game basis. Uh, last season, Steph, number two, Jimmy, number five, Vooch, number 11. And this season projections, Steph number two, Jimmy number nine, Vooch number 15. Um, so pretty pretty bloody elite there. And it makes me kind of wonder how Met Wally never really even made the playoffs with that kind of group. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, and also like a kind of reference with, with um, uh, Steve before, I really like that kind of balance of that that one elite guard, one elite forward and the, the centre. So... Yeah, I really sure. like his like his keepers. So, like I said, there's a, a bit of debate about like, who's got maybe got the best keepers. But I would personally, on this last year, just go on the projections this year. Take take Toby. What do you think? Um, I don't know if I could definitely agree that he's got the best keepers. Um, I think there there could tend to be a bit of a regression from um, each one of those guys this year. If you look at Steph. You know, he had a, like a massive usage last year. You've got Clay coming back this year. Um, and maybe he's not as healthy this year. I don't know. He's always a bit um, hit and miss sometimes. Um, and you've got Jimmy who, what was he, like ninth overall last season or something? Fifth last year and projected yeah. ninth this year. Yeah, fifth, that was like, that's an insane number for Jimmy. And I, it's hard to see him bringing, like running that back with Larry in the picture. Mm. Um, maybe it, if he's, the thing with Jimmy is if he steals dip a little bit, then that's probably yeah, the a steal bit of a for him. Yeah. Um, and then if you go to Vooch, you know, um, they've just put in uh, Alonso and DeRozan in that situation. So that could be interesting as well. Maybe he doesn't get as many post touches, not as many shots. Um, it's hard to see. And, you know, he's had a pretty good run at an injury like, like the last few seasons. But look into his um, career earlier, he wasn't that much of a durable guy. So you never very know. Very true. Very, very true. And as, as Dan Brown kind of has pointed out, Lonzo might steal some of those centre minutes as well. So <laughs> we'll see how we go. Legit. All right. So clairvoyant Mitch. Woo. Ooh. All right. Well, this one might rattle a few cages. Okay. Uh, I believe that uh, – well, it's not going to say I believe. I've looked into my crystal ball. I don't choose what comes out. It just, you know, it just comes out. So, you know, don't get mad with me. But uh, Clairvoyant Mitch says that uh, Toby will miss the playoffs. Wow. Wowee. Big, big call. Yeah. Challenge has been thrown down. Yeah, you know, he nailed his draft last year. Um, I think there's an element of beginner's luck to that, you know, and I'm happy for Toby to um, quote me later on in this uh, and prove me wrong. But 
Um, if you look at his team last year, you know, he had no shot blockers. I think he got, I think the Thad Young uh, free agency pickup really like that, like uh, sealed his season because he was that good, mm. um, giving him extra steals. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I think he, he actually, I'm not going to, I'm going to say too much more because I don't want to, uh, give away too much but uh, I, I have I have reasons for my thoughts and I'll leave it at that Fair enough Fair enough I've just got a bit of breaking news before we move on to Kel's sneaky big question and that is I've just checked the projections and Steph Curry's actually slipped to third um, so I checked Ooh. this earlier today and James Harden Jeez. is now a new number two so congratulations Boom uh, Well that's probably that Kyrie news that uh, they said that they're, they're not sure if they're willing to accommodate him but I think that's yeah. just a, that's a bit of a pressure point to try and get him to get the vaccine yeah, absolutely. Surely he does. What is going on with that man? Anyway. If there's anyone that wouldn't mind missing a season, it's him though. That's true. That's true. He's got other priorities. Uh, old Kyrie. Um, <laughs> like being a drama queen. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. So, like I said, I was pretty positive just before about uh, Toby's um, his, his keeper situation. You know, I think it's best in the league. Very positive about that. My sneaky big question is a little bit more negative and it kind of follows Ooh. on from what you just said as well. And my sneaky big question is, could Toby go from first to worst? Yeah, wow. That is like first to last. I'm not talking down second last. I'm talking last. <laughs> uh, it's, it's definitely a possibility. Like uh, the season always shows like, I mean, so every year the league getting better, um, you know, a lot of people will be willing to make up on their last season's performances is, it's, you know, you never know. Yeah, look, you know, like I said, it could come back to bite me in the ass. But I think, like you just said, we have to give Toby his props for what he did last year. You know, 100%. He, he came in and he worked the whole thing really well. And there was one point where I remember he was talking to me at a little party thing. He's like, oh, Steve's offered me Simmons for Randall. And I'm like, take it. Why would you not take that? And he's like, no, nah, I've got faith in Randall. Ended up being the right call. <laughs> Who knows? He's working with some bizarro logic, but it ended up working out for last season. And But, like, if you look at things, though, those three keepers, like we spoke about, you alluded to it. Steph, you know, is he more likely to play 75 games or 50 this year? You know, Vooch, yeah. he's had his injury issues, a bit of lack in usage. Jimmy's going to miss 20 games at some point. And when we spoke about maybe Matt Wally making, you know, not making the playoffs with these three, it's not that much of a stretch when you think about it with some of those guys' injury histories and For sure. them tending, yeah, tending to miss games and... I think Toby got the best of their best at the right time. He did. He got career years, essentially, from all three of them last year. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is Toby just absolutely nailed his draft last year. Like, you think he drafted Middleton in the in his first pick, which was, you know, nice, safe pick. That's, that's a good pick. Yeah. Then after that, every pick after 50, he went like Sabonis. He went Randall. Ooh. He got, you know, Brogdon. He had a really nice season. Terry Rozier played way better than anyone thought he would. Like every single pick he hit, or talk he hit, basically, and will that happen this year? I'm not so sure. Um, but it's, yeah, hard look, to, just, it's hard to nail a draft. We all know that. It is absolutely hard, and you know you might have a draft like that. You know, I don't think I've ever had a draft like that that good. So um, it might be a once once every five years kind of thing. And he really hit it last year. I think everyone in the league kind of acknowledged that. So hopefully for him, he can do it again. I'm not saying he can't, but um, it will be difficult. Yep, agree. All right, moving on to champagne and campaigning. You got anything for us? Uh, I do. Obviously, Toby's only been in the league a, li- a little while. Uh, one year, one long enough to get a ring, you bastard. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, my favourite moment from the, I think it was a trade deadline night, um, we were at Dribbles. 
Well, I was sitting next to, I don't know, I was sitting next to Stu, I think, but across from us was Toby and uh, Heiss. <laughs> Those two buddy just started getting into it. A few wires cracks at each other and it looked like it was really heating up for a second. And uh, I, I, I want to see that more of that rivalry. I think it hasn't been talked about enough. I think those two have got it in for each other. Wouldn't surprise me. I think, you know, if you're talking about league members, uh, Jesse's probably got a little bit of something going on with all of them, to be honest. So <laughs> that story doesn't surprise me at all. There's two, two blokes with a lot of pride. It is, definitely. It is. Look, I don't really have a fantasy basketball-related champagne campaigning for Tobes just because, as you said, he's been in the league one year and I wasn't really privy to that that confrontation with Jesse. But one thing I will will, will note is we did have, uh, I think it was the start of last year, a very large weekend away in Rye, a uh, big group one. And I think it was four nights or three nights or something. And Toby was basically unanimous MVP of that weekend. Um, up did. Until about 4am every morning and backed it up very well. So that was him in probably peak off-season form, I reckon. So shout out to Toby for that weekend. The man goes big. He does. Last section for the entire podcast, fan mailbag for Toby. Alrighty. Uh, there's actually a lot for Toby. A lot of girls' names and stuff. I don't want to show Finlay, so I won't read those ones <laughs> out in the podcast. But alrighty. Uh, oh, okay. This one is from Sabebe. Ooh. Sabebe says, I miss you, Tobebe. Okay, that's a bit strange, but um, <laughs> who is Sabebe? Is that Sabonis, is it? I think so. I think they must have had a possibly a homosexual relationship. I'm not sure. Wouldn't not that there's anything over. wrong with that. We don't put it past him. Um, and look, you know, Sabebe, Tobebe. Was... So you cut out. Back. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Sorry, I was just saying... Um, it was pretty callous what uh, what Toby did to to Sabebe. You know, for one singular draft position to move him move him on like that, I would I'd be coming into this season with a fire under my belly if someone did that to me. Yeah, well, um, I'm going to looking to harness that uh, Sabebe power. <laughs> I love that. All right, well, that's it. That's the Kanye division done. We've gone just just over an hour today, so a bit of content for everyone. Um, thanks for joining me, Mitch. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. Let's see if we can get some more articles up from any, everyone else. But otherwise... Yeah, this, the spotlight's on you, Brad. Yeah, calling out Brad right now. And we still haven't seen Jesse's latest updated social power rankings either. So Yeah, gosh, I'm, actually ha- I'm hanging out for that one. Yeah, I'm always uh, consistently underrated in that, I feel. But anyway. Um... <laughs> I, I still don't know how they work. but uh... <laughs> <laughs> No one knows. No one knows. <laughs> Alrighty. All right. Thanks, Cal. No worries. I'll catch you on the uh, the draft Zoom in a few weeks. Sounds good. Thanks for All coming, right. guys. See you Bye later. Now.